Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning points for the episode on a scale of 1 to 100. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. Mm, but before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. So let's give a warm welcome to today's guest, Dustin Resch. Dustin, welcome back. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, AJ. I uh, just got done telling you we nearly missed each other in Vegas at the Geek Bowl. I we didn't, don't think we got to shake hands, but it's all for the best because I'm apparently a carrier of a typhoid of some sort. But, uh, it was an amazing weekend, and I could shout out all day all the great people that I got to meet for the first time and quadrupled my number of actual in-person contacts with Facebook friends, I think, so... Absolutely. It was a fun event. Uh, fun time was had by all, and uh, it puts a little new pecking order, at least for a year, in terms of people who can say, ooh, I'm with the team that finished in the top. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I was next to the team that finished second, but that didn't help us very much. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just proves your honor and that you weren't cheating. So, you know, right. Right. next time, uh, don't eat the uh, stale cheese on your table, and perhaps you won't get sick. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the culprit, too. <laughs> uh, anything else going on since you were last in the hot seat? Uh, so, we're uh, right, right, everybody. What you do because what you do is pretty cool so well i am uh, i'm an artist and illustrator uh, i've got a, a day job in the web design world but it was it was fun showing off for everybody there in, in vegas all the, the artwork that i do so a lot of uh, superhero and pop culture portrait stuff and then also uh, writing and illustrating children's books and i'm trying to get published with that stuff yeah and what website shall they go to to check that all out i'm plugging you early buddy because yeah, uh, you deserve it early and often uh the best website is just dustinresch.com d-u-s-t-i-n-r-e-s-c-h.com and that's i welcome everybody to go and check all that stuff out buy prints and shirts or just you know email me and tell me how great i am or <laughs> email your brother who's the head of simon and schuster that would work too absolutely uh, well, i don't know if simon or schuster uh, i don't think they're talking anymore i think uh <laughs> so one of them was got caught with the double day twins and uh this is also a long story one of them did show up for the central park concert yeah i know it's just, yeah uh, a penguin was involved somewhere <laughs> 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 yeah once you start merging with penguins anyway uh let me explain to you the rules of the game uh in case you've forgotten or in case anyone else is out there wants to know is listening for the first time perhaps and if you are listening for the first time where the heck have you been uh there's gonna be four rounds of four questions apiece in each round i will let you know what the categories in order will be using for the round before i read each question you get to lock in how many points you wish each question to be worth get it right you get the points it is just that simple and there's also gonna be a halftime bonus worth a maximum of 10 points at the end of the game you get to field what we call the confidence question your last chance to try to improve your final score but i will explain all of that when we get there we cannot get there until we uh, kick this game off. Dustin, are you ready to go with round one? I am ready to go with round one. Let's do this. Okay. As always, as usual, point values available to you are one, three, five, and seven. And here are the categories we're going to be using in tonight's first round, kicking things off with literature, following up with music, moving along to movies and we are going to wrap up round one with around the world first things first literature one three five or seven uh, i think i'm gonna dip my toe in the water let's uh let's try one for our lit one point baby steps baby steps, baby steps. uh as you know this season is our alphabet season and as such dustin each episode in the series will have all the answers, unless I say otherwise. Uh, I'll start with the same letter of the alphabet. Today's episode is the I episode. Oh, man. 
Yeah, I know. It's scary, and it seems like it should be easier with a narrowing of words that include that as the beginning. But let's well, see we shall see. That means the first name of a person, the last name of a person, perhaps both names of the person. Uh, if it's a title, it could be any word in the title. Uh, but in your answer, at least one word, unless I say otherwise. We'll start with the letter I. I see you're nervous. I see that uh, a vowel movement was not what you were expecting. But hopefully, dead people. Here is your one-point literature question. Multiple works from this author have been adapted to the screen, including A Widow for One Year and The Book That Begat Simon Birch. Okay. Uh, I was hoping from when you first said the letter that it was going to be a, an easy uh, Ivan Denisovich kind of question. There is a famous iris that writes books, and I'm trying to remember what on earth her last name is. Uh, something is telling me that I might be, unless it's the last name and I'm just on the wrong track, but I'm going to try Iris Murdoch. Iris Murdoch is your answer. Certainly an I name, so that would definitely qualify. You've gotten the hang of this. And the question is, did you get the correct answer? So a widow for one year uh, was a book that, was turned into a movie called uh, The Door in the Floor. Simon Birch was a movie that was based on a book. They changed the character name, which annoyed a lot of people who uh, are a big fan of this author because they wanted to see A Prayer for Owen Meany. Uh, he's also written Cider House Rules, The World According to Garp. John Irving is our answer. I am sorry, sorry. I would love to know why I... Maybe just because you started with the word widow, I immediately like, oh, it's a female author, and just threw all of the men out of the way. I smashed the patriarchy, as it were. <laughs> well, you know, hey, it, it's good to uh, be woke, as it were, but... Uh... <laughs> I'd rather be right than woke in, in this particular instance. But I've In fairness, though, it is only one point. It is far from the end of the world. Uh, we have plenty of time left for you uh, to get on the board. Let's see if we can do it right now with music. You have three, you have five, you have seven. And I'm having 21 Pilots flashbacks from last time. I <laughs> always go big on music because it's always my best category until I'm on a microphone. But because it's going to work one of these times, I'm going to put my seven on music. All right. I am pulling for you. Seven points music. Here is your question. J.D. Fortune won a Mark Burnett created television contest in order to become the lead singer of what band? Mm. Oh, I believe I saw saw this and i'm glad you didn't make me remember the name of the television show um it was uh to replace michael hutchins if i'm not mistaken it was in excess in excess is your answer yeah this was a tv show uh called rockstar and they uh, wanted to discover the next rockstar they had a whole bunch of people auditioning for the band uh, that had already been in existence uh they had lost their lead singer to uh well let's just leave it at death um, yeah, I think I watched the second season, which was looking for a singer for Flash's Velvet Revolver, I think. Uh, I, yeah, they were making the super group, and uh, yeah. they wanted to uh, start from scratch. I believe Lucas Rossi was the guy who ended up winning that. Uh, right. I remember I was pulling for the guy from Iceland, or I think there was a South African woman that were both really interesting. Delana was a woman who was on one of these shows, and she was yeah, fantastic. Was uh, you can look up her videos online. They're still her performances are phenomenal, I think. Uh, but this was J.D. Fortune's Time to Shine, uh, and he impressed so much the uh, band in excess 
well done seven points that he Hooray. was the lead singer from 2005 all the way through 2011. Okay, yeah. all right, I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. Yeah, I remember. I, I think I remember the uh, there was a team challenge at one point where uh, one of the members of the band had written lyrics to a new song, and they wanted to see how these guys, you know, would sing it. Uh, and JD said, "I hate these lyrics." He wrote his own song, and it ended up being the first single they released as a band together. So, <laughs> wow, that sounds like some destiny. Fortune favors the bold, and fortune was bold. So, hey, there you go. Seven points for you. Enough hey. talk about what you need. What you need is more answers, right? Uh, movies up next. Three and five are your options. Am I correct that around the world is a geography type of category? Indeed. Okay. Uh, I've been studying because that's always been... I, I had the globe memorized in about 1989, and then they you know, just broke, tore down the wall and changed all the countries. <laughs> I'm going to uh, throw five on movies. Fair enough. Fair enough. Five points for movies. Good luck. Here is your question... James Wan directed this film about a family dealing with their son Dalton's descent into a coma. What was it called? I've heard of the director. None of those other words are sparking anything in my poor Dayquil-addled brain. <laughs> well, if they don't spark joy, then toss them out. That's right. Just If I started doing that with all my thoughts, it would be so neat and clean and useless for trivia in here. Let's just condo the crap out of this trivia show. That's right. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> neatly folded sheets of nothing is what we would have. I'm trying to think if there's even anything to brainstorm on. Wish I knew a year. <laughs> Inception keeps flopping in my head just because, like, do you know any iMovies? And I wouldn't have been surprised if it turned out that uh, he explained that it was about somebody falling into a coma. <laughs> um, but, uh, man, that's a tough one. And I'm, uh, I'm fully drawing a blank, so I'm just going to say Iron Man 3. Iron Man three, sure. Yeah. Uh, that was a, a very moving scene when uh, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> showed up at Dalton's bedside and uh, gave him uh, a little uh, flower and uh, started shot from the repulsor cannons to keep him awake. <laughs> you know? right. Uh huh. He said Shazam and woke up and everything. Because <laughs> that's how it works. No, uh, unfortunately, uh, that is not correct. I think you knew that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, James Wan is big in the kind of. Uh, horror genre he did a little film called saw kind of got uh, everyone's attention uh after this film he did a little thing called the conjuring which again uh focusing on the supernatural and uh vera formiga uh as like a uh, ghost hunting wife this uh was a film that uh, came in between those two it does uh, did very well at the box office it, it sparked a couple of sequels i believe uh, certainly uh, at least one that i know of and this was a little film called insidious have the vaguest possible memory of the end of that trailer where they showed the title. And I don't register horror movies often because I tend to not watch them until 30 or 40 people tell me that I really have to because it's secretly funny. <laughs> ah, you're, you're one of those horror fans. <laughs> I am. Yeah, Cabin but in the you... Woods took me 15 years to watch, but then I loved it. And then it'll be that long before I get around to another one. What did you see? Get out because Get Out is very good. I did. And it had checked all those boxes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just make it a lot. Making sure, because that would be a shame if you missed out on that one. But uh, just like you missed out on that question, wah, wah. but that's okay. We have one more question in round one. It is around the world. It is going to be worth three points to you, sir. Are you ready to travel? I'm ready. Where in the world is I? <laughs> we shall see. The Museum of Civilization was open to the public in 2016. After having been a private collection of masks, 
statues, and textiles since its 1942 creation. In what country can you find the Museum of Civilization? Seems like there's a lot of possible answers, and a lot of them are gathered in the same part of the world, assuming it's not a superpower country who hogs up all the museums, whether they have any cultural rights to or not. But the first thing that popped in my head, and I think it was probably for a good reason, was uh, the cradle of civilization being right there in the crescent between the Tigris and the Euphrates. So I'm going to try and swing for the double digits with Iraq. Iraq. Certainly civilization uh, in Iraq that makes a lot of sense. Uh, there are a lot of I countries out there, as you know. Uh, certainly Italy's got enough museums. They don't need this one. Uh, Iceland's hot these days. Uh, and it's not just the uh, the hot baths and the, the geysers and everything. But uh, no, this one, Museum of Civilization, basically this building was created uh, in the colonial you know, time of uh, empires and all that stuff. And this was like a little place that they allowed the locals to do crafts uh, and little else. And uh, eventually they got their independence and they decided uh, after all these years, why don't we let people see what people were making back in the day? And this is in the city of Abidjan in the Ivory Coast. About to make a joke about if the Civilization Museum is in the Ivory Coast, I'm going home. But this whole time with the colonial thing, you knew I was thinking you're talking about India. <laughs> uh, I did. Still, that's a nicely condescendingly named colonial kind of a museum. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's fair. Uh, now I wish I'd have got it just for the extra points of trying to be all Frenchy and pronounce it. And yeah, I don't. I don't want to hear everybody out there. Yes, the, the Ivory Coast was right for I, and Cote d'Ivoire was right for C. Too bad. That's my show. <laughs> that's your show. I might write it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to fall into UN standards of nomenclature. <laughs> All right. How you feeling? Round one, seven points out of Apostle 16. It's It could be a lot better, but it could be a lot worse. I got the big one, and it was the category I always want to get right, so I don't feel so bad. All right, there you go. Let us move along then to round two. Okay. And, of course, the point values, they're going to increase a little bit to two, four, six, or Eight uh, categories themselves are going to change as well. And here's what they're going to be changing to. We're going to kick things off with Fungo. And then we're going to move along to Analogies. Followed up with History. And say it with me, everybody. Your favorite category only in Florida. <laughs> but first things first. Fungo is on tap. How much for Fungo, sir? Okay. I like the sound of that. Let's, let's Fungo 8. Fungo 8. Remember, you can't spell fungo without fun. So go big or go home. And you already threatened to go home once. So let's see how this works out here. It won't be the last time. <laughs> Eight point fungo question. Good luck. And here we go. Clue number one. Name of the 1972 mock-up version of the space shuttle used to try and win over Congress to get funding. Clue number two. 2004 album that preceded the release of the same artists hung for the holidays. Clue number three, a steam-powered UK vehicle, which in 2009 reached 148 miles per hour, a world record. Wow. I'd love it if one of those things meant something to me. So let me brainstorm on I words. I feel like intrepid popped in my mind i feel like there was either going to be a shuttle named that or it might have been the shuttle prototype 
or there was one in the works called that before they canceled the program. Or they made one, and I forgot all about it. And uh, the 2004 album before the same artist hung for the holidays, is that correct? That is correct. Man, because that sounds like William hung, and that time frame sounds right. I don't know what on earth his other albums would have been, but I would hope that they would be puntastic like hung for the holidays. But that makes me wonder if Idol isn't in here somewhere. Although, you know, throw me the whip, I'll throw you the shuttle doesn't really have, <laughs> have the ring to it that I would like. Steam powered UK vehicle, that those kind of alternative energy proof of concept things tend to have real grandiose uh, explorer kind of names. And I did a rod would be a weird one for a dog powered world speed record vehicle. I'm gonna I'm gonna not waste all of everybody's time and I'm gonna try intrepid just because it's in my brain. And my brain's usually better at this than I am. Intrepid. Fine suggestion there. I, certainly there have been plenty of uh, aircraft carriers and boats and whatnot. I mean, intrepid it fits that kind of feeling of exploration. You are correct that the uh, 2004 album uh, and the Hung for the Holidays was indeed uh, that brilliant American Idol contestant, William Hung. <laughs> she bang, she bang. Yeah. I figured I'd let you say it and I'll just dance it since nobody's going to see it. Oh, <laughs> she move, she move. Uh, I am glad that that show uh, has steered away from the let's make fun of people who really can't sing. However, he did sell a lot of albums. So there is that. Uh, one of them was Hung for the Holidays. The other was the 2004 album, which he named Inspiration. Ah, Inspiration. Yeah, the uh, 72 uh, mock-up version of the Space Shuttle actually did not have a name at the time, but after uh, the Space Shuttle was up and running and everything, they uh, kind of refurbished that uh, that model, and uh, they gave it a name, and since it was the inspiration for the Space Shuttle, it made sense to just name it Inspiration, and uh, it was also the name of the steam-powered UK vehicle. Inspiration, unfortunately, that inspiration came just a tad too late for you. Let's hope that the uh, the memory of, of William Hung singing Christmas carols will inspire you to uh, <laughs> more correct answers going forward. Analogies is next, two, four, or six. Oh, man. I shot myself right in the fungo on that one. I'm going <laughs> to take six on analogies and see how bad you slapped me around on that one. All right. Brace yourself. A uh, little aqua velva in hand. Here is your six-point analogies question. Okay. Pinhead is to England as Leatherface is to what? Wow, that is interesting. So we're talking about Hellraiser and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I don't know how you spelled the England you just said, but I would sure be surprised if uh, Robert England played Freddy and Pinhead. And I'm certain that it isn't just because I know what he looked like. No, I will I will make sure that there is no uh, mistaking. I am talking about uh, that little country that's next to Scotland and Wales, and uh, not uh, Freddy Krueger himself. Also, Willie from the NBC miniseries, V. So, given this some thought, let's see. Uh, Hellraiser was based on Clive Barker work. Clive Barker was from England. The actor, I don't know the name of, he may well also have been from England. Texas Chainsaw Massacre certainly at least nominally took place in Texas. I actually think I on a road trip I saw the sh- 
shack that it was supposedly like the exterior shots were done on, which isn't giving me a great big clue for where to go with this country. It's it could be where the costume got made. It could be where the actors from. It could be where the writers from. But I know that that's one of those that was indirectly inspired by uh, Ed Gein, who was uh, the Menominee Meat Man in Wisconsin, uh, where my parents came from. So I know a little bit of that lore. So, um, I'm Aaron Mankey, and welcome <laughs> to Lore. <laughs> I have actually never sat down and watched any of the editions or sequels of Chainsaw Massacre. As I don't know whether that dude has any speaking parts or whether maybe he was just a lumbering giant from some other country. I'm going to try Ireland for just that reason, that I think maybe he's a big Irish actor or I'll luck out and somebody who directed the movie was Irish. Ireland is your answer. You were certainly uh, amongst your musings there. You did indeed come up with the correct uh, analogy here. Pinhead was portrayed by a man named Doug Bradley, who hails from England. So I was looking for who played Leatherface and from whence he hailed. The actor was a man named Gunnar Hansen. That doesn't sound Irish, dude. Uh, well, you got all but one of the letters correct. Uh, I had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> he was born in Reykjavik. It was Iceland I was looking for. Iceland. I especially love that I said the word Iceland out loud when we were talking about Rockstar a little while ago. Just because I like to do those things to myself out loud. Yes, on yes indeed. I believe the singer who was from Iceland was named Marty. <laughs> Leatherface can go jump right in a volcano. Indeed. We were talking about it just a few minutes. Anyway. Uh, history. That question is history. It's in the past. Let's end this losing streak. History, uh, would you like two or four points? I honestly don't know. I want to do the four on Florida, because that one's going to be weird enough, and I can't predict how I'm going to perform, obviously. Let's do two for history for Florida. <laughs> if I can't do numbers, I can't answer questions. Uh, remember, good. they all start with I. I, 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 I. Idiot also. Here is your two, two-point history question. Good luck. Joe Brady was part of what radical group responsible for the 1882 Phoenix Park murders? Joe Brady, 1882 Phoenix Park murders. So it's a group that starts with an I. If you don't know what kind of dumb wrong answer I'm going to give you, I don't think you could pre-write in a tricky question for the next one. <laughs> If anybody could do it, it would be you. Uh, but although Phoenix wants to lead me toward Arizona and such, uh, obviously the Phoenix comes from the lore of the old world. And uh, so I'm going to try, just that the name is going to make me say, I'm going to try the Irish Republican Army. The, the Irish Republican Army, the IRA is your answer. Uh, I've got some good news for you, and I've got some bad news for you. You always have some bad news for me. Well, <laughs> I gave no. you too much, didn't I? No, no, you didn't give me too much at all. Uh, you have the right country. So it was uh, an Irish group. But in 1882, uh, this group was not so happy with the status quo. Uh, and Joe Brady was one of the uh, assailants who stabbed Lord Frederick Cavendish. Uh, also uh, basically assassinated uh, was a man by the name of Thomas Henry Burke. These radicals just felt that they could kill at will uh, without uh, 
any repercussions, and they were known as the Invincibles. The wow. Irish National Invincibles. Okay. So that, that full title was the Irish National Invincibles? Yeah, yeah, but I would have accepted just Invincibles because they were also known as as that as well. Why not the Incredibles. Except Irish. Come on, dude. Yeah, not not the Incredibles because uh, I, uh, although Joe Brady was there, I don't believe Jack Jack was running around. So <laughs> okay. now, if only Lord Cavendish had said, "Honey, have you seen my super suit?" Then maybe he could. <laughs> Where is my super suit? All right, we have uh, we've hit a little bit of a rough patch here, but there is still a question left in the first half, and it is going to be worth four points if you can get it right. Dustin, I am pulling for you. Are you ready to find out what happened only in Florida? I'm almost never ready, or I'm certainly never expecting what the news has to say after the word Florida. Yeah, man, let's hasten my demise. What do you got? All right, here we go. In July of last year, Jalen Norwood of Boynton Beach got out of his car, slipped on some oil in the road, and was almost immediately struck by a car coming from the other direction. Now, a video of this accident went viral. What I want to know from you is what song was playing on Norwood's radio when this happened? What? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. The name sounds familiar. I certainly was alive in July 2018. <laughs> I may well have been asleep during the news. Okay. It's got to feature heavily in the viral video of it somehow, or why would you expect? that someone better informed than me would know this. Dang. Okay, slipped on oil, you said, correct? I did. Figure out where else there might be some Reese's Pieces in there for me to toddle after. Um, well, irony starts with I, and uh, because he slipped, and because it was Florida, and because then it was enough to make fun of him for, even though he obviously had a real bad day, I'm going to try for Ice Ice Baby. Uh, ice, ice, baby. I'll at least settle for a better answer than the real answer if I'm going to be wrong. Yeah, rolling. Four point. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> well, he's from he's from Florida, so I know. certainly would, would make a lot of sense for Uh But no, sadly, he was not listening to the tunes of Mr. Van Winkle. So yeah, you uh, were kind of on to the the key here. Uh, the video went viral. This was all part of a viral video uh, craze that was going on last year. You know, why on earth would I mention what song was playing? It's because that was part of the viral video. People were getting out of their cars yeah. with Drake on the radio. And Kiki, and do you love me? And you want me? And you have me? Even after all that, the answer to this question yet. Yes, so they would all be doing this dance moves to Drake's In My Feelings. Okay. The I, In My Feelings I, challenge, look it up. All you will see is nonstop pictures of people getting out of their cars and dancing. I'm sure I've seen some of the clips. They may well have been muted or I didn't recognize the song or whatever, but let's pretend like that round didn't happen. Well, as far as the scoreboard is concerned, it didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the the sound of that means that I get another chance at all those points, and I know you don't mean that. So it did happen. It just steamrolled me. Yeah, yeah. Hang on, I got to do some math here. Uh, zero <laughs> carry the carry the zero. All right. So you are going to halftime. You have seven points. I mean, again, it's not great, 
but it's you know it's not Tristan level bad. So you know there's that. Here not Rob Van Winkle level bad either, I suppose. There you go. Uh, <laughs> go ninja, go ninja, go. Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, halftime. Here's how it's going to work. This is our only partial credit question of the game. So, you know, if you don't get the completely right, there's still some uh, Reese's Pieces there for E.T. to snatch up uh, before you phone home. Again, threatening to go home. This is all a theme. I see you. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to read the question. I'm going to give you a little bit of time to think about this as we pause for a little break. And when we come back for the break, hopefully you will have come up with at least some of the correct answers to the following question. Are you ready, sir? <laughs> Uh, numbers would bear otherwise, but I'm sure. going to say yes. I'm sure. ready. I'm going to put on an intrepid face and be an inspiration to the masses. There you go. Uh, my family appreciates that. Uh, according to... <laughs> <laughs> Accidental jokes are great. <laughs> according to The Greatest Books, which was this big thing that happened worldwide where they decided they were going to figure out what were the greatest books of all time. There are eight titles that ended up in their top 100, which contain an I-word in any location in the title. Eight in the top 100. For two points each, I would like for you to name for me any five of those eight books. I'll give you a little bit of time to think about your answers, and we'll be back after the break. If you'd like to support Beat My Guest, helping to make more episodes like this possible, please consider becoming a patron, just like Blair, Jake, Brandon, and many others who have joined since the start of the season. Check out patreon.com slash beatmyguest for details. And now back to me for the second half of this week's episode. And welcome back to Beat My Guest. My guest this week is Dustin Resch. When we last left Dustin, he was sitting on seven points, working on the following halftime bonus question, hoping to improve his score. According to The Greatest Books, a list of the top books of all time, there are eight titles in the top 100, which contain a word that starts with the letter I. For two points each, I have asked Dustin to name for me any five of those eight books. Dustin, whenever you're ready, please let us know what you've come up with. I don't have anything for you yet, but um, I'm just trying to think through my I words, and uh, luckily, probably because it's been like, Late Genesis was running through my head, uh, but Invisible floated up there, so I feel like there's a good chance of uh, Ralph Ellison and maybe the H.G. Wells, Invisible Man and the Invisible Man, um, so they're probably going to be on my list. I wrote down I Am Legend, and I'm certain that that's not right, even though it's kind of funny. I'm thinking about iRobot, although usually these kind of things are snotty toward uh, fantastical and science fiction, and... Uh, Again, I mentioned this one on the very first question, but uh, I'm thinking about a day in the life of Nisevich being an important work of fiction. So I don't know how much good audio this is going to make for, but I need to start thinking my way through Austin's and Bronte's and Dickens and Shelley's and things like that. The Ild Curiosity Shop, no? <laughs> All over Ist, no? Although Isthmus Carol would be kind of a fun geography. Jeez. <laughs> I as a... Oh my god, that's, that's one of the three letters I dread most popping up in Scrabble. I am moron, hear me roar. Uh, I think this is a play, but I think I may end up using it anyway, that Iceman cometh. I don't know that greatest books can include plays, or I don't know that I'm right that it's a play. 
I'm really just talking past you into the audience right now. <laughs> That's quite all right. Uh, if I'm going to get all the questions wrong, I'm at least going to say a lot of other stuff so that they'll know that my head's not full on empty. To Illa Mockingbird, I mean, come on. Lord of the Eyes, nothing's coming to me. And no, Icholus Ickleby is not on the list either. <laughs> you know the Monty Python skit where they mangle all of the Dickens works? Miles Chickens with four M's and a silent yes, Q. four M's and a silent Q. Standard book of British birds. Uh, well, that's a wrong path I'm not going to be able to come back from. Okay, Invisible Man. The Invisible Man. A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich. The Ice Storm. I'm, just, I'm trying to talk myself into whether anybody would have given Asimov the kind of respect he deserved in a list like this. Well, I'm going to give him the respect he deserves and put him in a list like this, so iRobot will be my fifth answer. Fair enough. So those are your five. I will read you the eight answers, uh, starting with the one that came in lowest on the list, working my way up towards the top. Uh, coming in at number 67 on the list, well, it's 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 something you said earlier in the game uh, about yourself, really. It's the classic Fyodor Dostoevsky book, The Idiot. God! Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, at number 57 on the list, we have from E.M. Forster, A Passage to India. All the countries I was thinking of earlier, I said that one too. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you may feel like this with your cold, but at uh, number 52, William Faulkner's As I Lay Dying. Coming at number 36, a little thing by Ralph Ellison called Invisible Man. Well done. Two points for you, sir. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. You see that one. <laughs> I unwrapped it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I mean, in's a word. So at number 20, we have Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. At number 17, we have Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. You know how mad I'm going to be in a minute that I didn't think of Iliad? That would be at number 14, uh -huh. Homer's Iliad. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 the low-hanging fruit there that uh, you're coming with or you don't, but yeah. Coming in at number one on this list, uh, they use the English title for this. Uh, the French title, Proust in his first book, wrote about, wrote about. It's à la recherche de la temps perdu, in search of lost time. <laughs> Dancing all around it, sir. You had Monty Python reference uh, there. <laughs> no. <laughs> I said idiot and then didn't guess idiot. I said Ice, ice baby, and then ice man cometh didn't come back and help me. All right, looking at the score sheet is depressing. All right, so two points. Two points, which gives us not quite double digits, but just hanging on the edge there. Uh, nine points. Do you think if I took ten minutes and like drove my car and then tried to climb out and run alongside it that I'd get smarter? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think perhaps something would rub off on you. Unfortunately, I think it would just be... Uh, yeah, asphalt burn. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no one because it's cold in November. Let's move on to round three, shall we? Let's forget the first half happened. Uh, although I'll still add those nine points to your score when we're over at the end. But uh, <laughs> point so value is going to stay the same. Two, four, six, and eight. Uh, the categories they're going to change. This is what going to be changing to in round three. We're going to kick things off with sports. Follow it up with television. Move along to who done it and wrap up round three with what comes next. First thing on the agenda, though, is asking you two, four, six, or eight for sports. Seems like last time put all the money on music, got that wrong, put no money on sports, and managed to get that right. But I'm not a believer in there being a you know, law of averages for that kind of thing. So 
I know how good I am at sports, and it's getting the lowest possible value of two. Two points for sports. Good luck. Here is your question. What MLB play holds the record for most career home runs, at least in terms of hitters, with a last name beginning with the letter I? <laughs> There's a chance I could have got close if you let me have the whole alphabet for this one, and it's still only uh <laughs> I wouldn't bet money right now on me coming up with a baseball player whose last name starts with an I. Earlier, I was wanting to say as many things as I could to sound smart, and the more I try to say names of baseball players, the more I'm going to start naming rugby and soccer and fencing and ancient Egyptian wrestlers. And (laughs) uh, Baseball is just such a giant lack of an empty pit in my brain. Well, then you close your eyes, bounce a few times on the board, do a flip. <laughs> can't be Hank Iron. Can't be. Oh dear! <laughs> Has it devolved to this? <laughs> if you want to see me waste a half an hour of your airtime, I guarantee you, I could do. That's the way I would come up with baseball names. Just <laughs> can't be the Iron Horse because that's not really a name. I wish Doc Ellis entered with an I just because I would like to answer him for every baseball thing. <laughs> he's awesome. So since there was an Ian e. Forster a minute ago that I missed, I'm going to say that this is the famous, famous pinch hitter, Merchant Ivory. <laughs> I, I just don't have it, man. Merchant Ivory. You know where he's from? The Museum of Civilization. <laughs> ah, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So he like to hang out in the bullpen, you know, but, you know, just because... Just like a little room ahead of you. <laughs> come coming in the ninth inning, the remains of the game. Anyway. Uh, woo! Oh. We'll be here all evening. No, no, I'm sorry. Merchant Ivory, not on my list of uh, home runners. Uh, yeah, it's tough because I is, you know, for last names, it's like, it's not exactly common. Uh, there aren't a lot of uh, I names. Uh, I, when I, I came up with the question and figured, and then I'd look it up, and I was expecting to see Pete Incavelia. Uh, but uh, he only had 206 career home runs. The actual uh, guy had 305. I was actually surprised to see it that high. Um, never really a great player, but uh, a solid player. Lasted a very long time. Uh, bounced around the league from team to team. And his name is Raul Ibanez. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever heard that name. Anyway, uh, unsurprisingly, I had no idea. One thing is you are at knowing about sports. So since I'm not, let's keep rolling. Let's keep rolling. It was only two points. You still have the four. You still have the six. You still have the eight. And now you have television. I feel like, again, despite history, I should just try to play to what I think my strengths are. And I'm going to take my eight on TV. Eight on TV. I am pulling for you. I really are. Here is your eight point television question. Bateman is arguably the best young comedic actor working today. At the very least, he's as good as Michael J. Fox. So read the review of the pilot episode of what 80s sitcom? Oh, my goodness. I know I saw a bit of it. It's going to be baby Jason Bateman, whose sister was with Michael J. Fox on Family Ties. And it seems like it was a crime-fighting detective-y kind of a show where he was like a boy wonderkind. Do I have any part of this name in my brain? And I don't. That's rhetorical. I don't need you to look at the <laughs> That clearly I don't. Do I have to pull out the Dostoevsky? <laughs> oh man, no! <laughs> Shoot me with it. Like, don't even let me see it come and be the Invisible Man holding the Dostoevsky and just <laughs> pound the idiot out of me. I'm, I'm gonna just try and 
brute force instead of giving up on this one. I believe it was he was a title character. It's the name of the kid or part of the name of the kid. And I don't know whether the I is part of that name or I am Encyclopedia Brown or <laughs> Since I's are popping up in all of the ancillary words that aren't helping me out too much. I'm remembering ads and taglines about sneakers and blue jeans and being an unexpectedly gifted sleuth. And I'll be embarrassed, but not at all surprised if you tell me that I'm totally wrong and it was about a kid that played baseball while doing karate and riding on the back of a robot. I want to come back for a different letter, AJ. <laughs> as annoyed as your listenership already is to me for with me for being so dumb, I should also say I never managed to get into Arrested Development like I was supposed to. I respect Jason Bateman a lot, and I haven't. And I love, I love David Cross. I just never saw the show. Not relevant, but... I'm trying to see if I can use the verbal part of my brain and let the other part do some stuff, and that's not working either. I'm surprised you just didn't tap out and say, you're arrested development. (laughs) (laughs) This is hurting. And I'm fairly confident that all of the things I'm saying about it are going to be pretty close to right, and I'm just not going to get this kid's name. Uh, But I should take this opportunity to say, anybody who hasn't seen the movie Bad Words yet ought to, because... Any movie about a spelling bee is good, and especially an evil, foul-mouthed, foul-tempered movie about a spelling bee is extra great. And he's bringing that up because Jason Bateman directed and starred in it. So. And starred in it, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, just just because. I like to plug other people's <laughs> movies in the middle of I things. just thought I'd, I'd put a little context on <laughs> <laughs> Now I see why people get all flustered and put up single-digit scores on your show sometimes. I was, I was feeling good last time, but uh, even though it was very difficult, I got some points. So let's say Ian Powers' private eye. <laughs> Ian Powers' private eye. I'm a thousand percent sure I'm wrong about that. but Yeah, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I really want to know what medication you're taking for this cold you've got because you're coming up with some uh, some interesting plots there. I have no idea what TV show you're remembering. <laughs> <laughs> so none of that was right. I, I have listened to God. I, I can't even... I, I don't know. I mean... The, the, Sounds like the 80s, but I don't remember that show at all. <laughs> okay. Uh, this was uh, a show where Jason Bateman uh, was a was being raised by a single mother. He had a sister. They lived in an apartment. He was kind of the, the kid who run scams. He was a con artist. He had did pranks galore to, with no repercussions and and then uh, the neighbor moved next door who uh, started dating his mom and uh, could one up him every step of the way and it became a, a battle of wits between uh, the two a little game of chess if you will going on between them and it was called it's your move actually it sounds like a great premise for a sitcom it was a fantastic show. Um, it got screwed because they had this really awesome episode cliffhanger where he, he had booked a band to perform at the prom, but he didn't really have a band. He just got four skeletons from the science department and kind of rigged them up to make them look like they were playing. And uh, then uh, he realized he, he didn't have enough money to pay for it. The money, the funds fell through. So he, uh, he was going to have the the band die in a fiery uh, van accident <laughs> to try and uh, capitalize on the fame. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Ronald Reagan got shot uh, in between parts one and two, and they just never aired part two for the longest time, and the show kind of just disappeared. Um, plus, parents were getting upset because apparently uh, children really liked this character and were starting to emulate him, and so the network <laughs> caved. 
And so the last four episodes of the season, uh, he turned over a new leaf and promised never to do pranks again, which killed the premise of the show. And so it was mercifully canceled. So what you're telling me is that, number one, parents just don't understand. And number two, that this whole thing is Jodie Foster's fault. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Absolutely. I need to go find out what on earth shook was just playing in my head. I just pitched you an entire series that may not have ever existed, and I should probably start writing the treatment, right? Yeah, absolutely. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, Well, you have four, you have six, you have whodunit. What say ye? Uh, Seems like it could not possibly matter much less than what I think. Uh, Let's try four on whodunit. Four on whodunit. Good luck. Here is your four point. You're going to get these points question, I hope. That was subliminal, right? <laughs> How many times have I already said this answer? <laughs> After retiring from his goaltending career, he wrote a book called The Biggest Secret and gained worldwide infamy as an advocate for the international lizard people conspiracy. Who done it? I'm just going to start talking through gullies in my head. That sounds like a really funny trivia fact that I should have at the ready, that <laughs> an international lizard conspiracy thing. Okay. Names popping in my head that I'm just, I mean, I hope everybody will get a hold of me and tell me how dumb I am and laugh at me because those kind of things also make me feel better. It feels like this might have to do with the, the recent uh, flat earth foo-for-a and, uh, and I feel like it might have been Kyrie Irving that started that I'm pretty sure he played basketball, and he may well have been somebody that was just known for goaltending. I know that's not a thing you're supposed to do, but it doesn't mean it's not a thing that you do. And I I can't even think of a way to pretend Patrick Wall was spelled with an I, so. <laughs> I don't know. The, the main goalie I ever cared about in history was the Chico Resch, just because he's the only guy with my last name that's as famous as I one day hope to become uh, through trivia. So, you know, here's a step in the wrong direction. I'm going to say Kyrie Irving. Okay. Kyrie Irving, uh, that would be Glenn Chico Resch. Yes, uh, yes, indeed. I know. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when he was scoring a goal. Uh, <laughs> this is a British man. He uh, played for Coventry City in the UK and was oh, their the goalkeeper. Big goal. <laughs> yeah, big goal. Uh, right. he, he played for, he was a goalkeeper for Coventry City uh, and uh, retired from, uh, from uh, soccer. Football, as it were. Uh, then did some announcing. He became uh, an author. And then he just went bat poo insane, lost his damn mind, and uh, started spreading the cockamamie conspiracy theory that all the world's leaders are, in fact, lizard people in disguise. And uh, this man is now synonymous with those, uh, you know, calling Art Bell in the uh, in the midnight hour, and uh, and any any conspiracy theory uh, hops on board with this guy and joins right in. David Ike. Wow, I feel slightly better in that I have ne- definitely not ever heard that name said out loud. But yeah, he's uh, he's he's big, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> and it it really bodes well for me that you say goaltender. I think hockey. Ignore the most popular sport in the world. Uh, that and then pick been... a basketball player. You know, I got you. <laughs> How can I get in the net size even more wrong in my answer <laughs> and name a position that doesn't exist? So at least I'm right that Kyrie Irving starts with an I and is a basketball player, right? And flat Earth. Yes, you had and all that was right. Guy. Yes, okay. all that was correct. Yes, I actually feel really good about that wrong answer since there's no way I was going to get it, and at least I made up some relevance. 
stuff. That sure, uh, sure. There's stuff uh, kicking around in there. I'm telling you, I'm a sleuth in tennis shoes and blue jeans, played by Jason Bateman. <laughs> the show that exists in my imagination. Yeah, the New Adventures uh, of Beans Baxter. Is that what you were thinking of? Maybe. Yes. Yeah, that absolutely is what I'm thinking of. But I'm sure picturing Jason Bateman's face in that. Uh, none of that matters for points, however. I mean, we're we're educating. As well yeah, as entertaining, that's, that's I all we're doing is educating by elimination. <laughs> all right, let, let's get to this last question because I, I I have to hope there's a chance here for six points. What comes next? Are you ready? Sure. <laughs> all right, here is your what comes next question. Damian Marley, 2006. Jill Scott, 2005. Outcast, 2004. What comes next? 2003. My Best guess is that this is going to be something like a Grammy winner, although I'm not sure. I mean, we're talking about, I think Damian Marley basically does reggae. I think he's one of, he might be one of Ziggy's kids if he's not one of Bob's little baby kids. Um, Jill Scott is a wonderful actress and singer and outcast shakes it like a Polaroid picture. In that kind of vague category... Ooh, starts with an I. Um, this is a really spectacular vapor lock my brain is doing on me today. Well, like uh, I keep telling people, like sometimes having that letter is actually a hindrance. It just it just shuts you down. Yeah, really. Okay, so they're not all solo artists. They might have been albums of the year or R&B something or just bestsellers. Oh, okay. There are there are ice teas and ice cubes in the world. Maybe one of them can save me. Maybe one of the ice men cometh. <laughs> ice tea, ice cube, baby. So 2003 would have been too late for ice tea to have been winning awards, but it's certainly possible that that was. I saw Ice Cube in like the Family Values tour sometime around there. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Yeah. What's wronger than saying Ice Cube? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Vanilla ice cold. Yeah. So yeah, uh, let's just start at the beginning here. Damian Marley is uh, Bob's youngest. He was two when his father died. Did go into the reggae. Uh, you were you were on the right track here in terms of these are Grammy winners. This is a category that only existed for uh, a few years. It was created in two thousand three. Uh, went through two thousand eleven. It was called Urban Alternative Performance. It was kind of a way to. Uh, reward people who were uh, not necessarily represented in the Grammys, but yet not doing R&B per se. Right. Although uh, starting in 2012, they kind of just decided let's merge it with R&B anyway. And uh, so the, the award went away. So Damian Marley won in 2006. Jill Scott, who won this award twice, won it in 2005. Outcast in 2004. And in 2003, the first winner of this award with, with her song, A Little Things, India. Ari. Dot in between India and Ari, optional. Yeah. India, Ari. The part about that is I have actually drawn caricatures and portraits of Jill Scott and India, Ari, both. Well, maybe you should have looked at your catalog. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it should be my drawings up on the walls. Well, um, uh, unfortunately, no points that round. Uh, I'm going to add that zero. Well, you can't add zero, but you're still at nine. You have nine. There's a nine-pointer somewhere in this round. You can still double your score with one fell swoop here. Uh, I'm not putting you out to pasture just yet. Round four, highest values of the game, three, five, seven, or nine. Here are the categories we're going to be using for this final round, kicking things off with Potpourri, following it up with Audio Hodgepodge, which admittedly is a bit of a lifestyle. 
And then we'll have science. Science. And I don't, I don't have the voice to do it with enthusiasm. The but enthusiasm is waning, I know. Uh, and we're going to finish this off. getting your butt kicked this hard for this many minutes in a row. <laughs> finish it off with mashup. But first things first. Potpourri. What did you say? Ye? Three, five, seven, or nine. I'm just feeling run over by a truck. Uh, Candy Kiki, oh. do you want me? <laughs> Is that the Drake song that I don't know? <laughs> that is. <laughs> okay. I'm going to watch some of those videos later and hope that at least somebody in them gets run over by a car proving that I'm not the dumbest person. In oh, them. you will You will laugh. Okay. I feel like Mashup might be my savior with the nine, so I'm going to save that. Let's do five for potpourri. Five for potpourri. Good luck. Here is your five-point potpourri question. Dairy products, seaweed, and soy sauce are among the most common sources of what dietary need, important because the human body cannot self-produce it at all? Um, well, there's an eye in goiter, and I believe that these are going to be sources of iodine. Let me uh, think about that before I finally answer you. Oh, oh, seaweed's got the iron. Uh, I was thinking of the salt in the soy sauce. Not a vitamin I. Uh, man... I, I, I think that there's other dietary sources of iron. I feel like we must have a way to synthesize some of it because it's needed for blood. And I know that specifically iodine is like added to food to healthify people. I'm going to say iodine. Iodine is your answer. Uh, so this particular dietary need, uh, your thyroid hormones will not be created if your thyroid gland does not work. Your thyroid gland cannot work unless you have a very steady supply of iodine. I cannot believe you didn't talk yourself out of that answer the way you think <laughs> it would be going for you. If there's one thing I've proven I'm amazing at, it is dodging, fainting, Ducking, weaving, and then missing. Well done. Five points for you there. Yeah, dairy products, seaweed, soy sauce. That's quite the potpourri. I don't think I'd want that all in one meal. I bet you I've had all that in one meal. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm beginning to see your problem. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Five points. Your first correct question in quite some time. Let us see if we can keep a little bit of this momentum going with audio hodgepodge. Three, uh, seven, or nine. I've got no idea what kind of madness you're planning for me. I'm trying to decide if I should listen to my clogged ears to not tr trust them to listen to things for me. Let us, uh, let's put seven on the audio hodgepodge and tell ourselves it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Charita, I got bad news. Uh, here is your seven-point audio hodgepodge question. Here it's going to work. I am going to read you this question. After I'm done reading the question, I'm going to play a little clip for you, hopefully. After you hear the clip, you'll be able to come up with the correct answer to said question. This is the said question of which I speak. Listen to this trailer, Dustin, from what I hesitate to call a movie. Uh, it was modeled after a Jules Verne story. All I need from you, however, is to tell me who plays the female lead in this movie. Meet Wanda, a typical California girl who took a very untypical trip to Africa and found herself on a journey downward through a bottomless pit that led to the center of the earth. Where are you from? From out of town. It's dangerous for strangers in Atlantis. People get kidnapped. Wanda has found the adventure of a lifetime and the romance of her dreams. If only she can live through it. 
it's the trampoline sound effect in the middle that just really, really hammers that whole thing out. All right, I'm trying to place it in time by the announcer voice and the music, and I had an answer pop in my head, and since I definitely didn't see it, and I don't remember it, and there was a certain kind of a non-Strindberg-trained vapidity to the female lead's voice there, I'm going to take a swing this has been a poor answer for me elsewhere in the quiz, but I'm going to try for Kathy Ireland. Kathy Ireland, uh, you believe, is Wanda. I believe, I believe is wrong word there. So this was from the movie The New Adventures of Beans Baxter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, no, this uh, is a film that, uh, look, I didn't see it for real. I saw it when Mystery Science Theater got a hold of it because it's just that awful. Uh, it is uh, about a, uh, a model who uh, goes to Africa and somehow gets sucked through a hole in the earth and ends up in Atlantis where uh, everybody's out to get her. And luckily she's saved by uh, uh, William Moses, who used to play uh allison's boyfriend on melrose place so um <laughs> yeah she's got a very high squeaky voice it, it does not get any better uh throughout the course of the film that's just how she talks uh thank goodness she looks good because the alien from la which is the name of that film is portrayed by Kathy Ireland. You've oh, got it right, seven points. <laughs> Ireland comes back from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre to save me. <laughs> hey, look at me go. Uh, they tried to make supermodels to uh, movie stars and, uh, you know, with Paulina Parskova. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm having maybe. trouble thinking of a situation where it worked. Well, yeah, I guess uh, beauty pageant winners aren't necessarily... Uh, uh, Mila Jovovich, it kind of worked. Uh, but, Mila Jovovich, uh, I was thinking of Gal Gadot also. But, yeah, uh, yeah, well, yes, but she had a brain, uh, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, Mila plays like eight instruments and speaks 15 languages. She's pretty amazing. Whereas Kathy seems to just squeak. So, um, no, I don't know. I don't actually. I just remember like her being unlistenable on the talk show circuit because. <laughs> and right now, she is my favorite supermodel in the world because I thought of her name at the right time. Very good. Very good. Well, again, let's keep this momentum going. Science is next. You have the high-low, the three and the nine. What say ye? Uh, yeah, let's do the three. Three points for science. Good luck. And here we go. Carl Jung established the four fundamental ways that the human mind can comprehend reality. They are sensation, thinking, feeling, and what? Uh, here's actually something that I had some classes in, which will... I shouldn't say out loud because then when I get it wrong, I look even better. Uh, but I believe that logically breaking uh, one's perception down into sense, which is going to be uh, direct perception of the world, thought, which is a conscious construction of a view of the world, feeling, which is intuitive. So I don't think it's intuition because I think that's covered by feeling. I think I'm going to have to say imagination and not spend a whole lot more time on it. Okay. Imagination is your answer. Uh, so you studied the spec when you were young? <laughs> yeah, but I did poorly. I, I, my grade was a Freud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, if you hadn't said it, I would have. So <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, young kind of just broke down into uh, sensation, which is kind of the way you take in information from the outside world, thinking where you process the information from the outside world feeling where you kind of have a reaction to the outside world and then you have to go forward 
with uh, kind of predicting the outside world. This is something that encompasses both insight and imagination. Unfortunately, you put those two together and you come up with Jung's definition of intuition. Son of a highly qualified 19th century psychologist. You dismissed it, and as a, as a result, you've now missed it. I am sorry, sir. <laughs> it's intuition which encapsulates insight and imagination. Yep, that's what he said, he said, he said. <laughs> Man. Oh, okay, yeah, there went the roll. At least it was the three points. It, it was the three. We still have the nine. This is the most valuable question of the game. It is the mashup. You are ready for the mashup. You need the mashup. <laughs> Deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You can handle the mashup, right? <laughs> I can't handle anything but supermodels and dip in soy sauce right now. So I don't believe I dismissed you, sir. <laughs> that was you, the last question. All right. Here, sir. I believe I'm entitled. We yeah. could literally put that movie out. We, we, we very well could, uh, but of course, that's of course the famous film "I Feel Good Man." <laughs> <laughs> All right, you win. All right, here is your die point mashup question. Irving Berlin composed a campaign song for this candidate, whose famous slogan reflected his strong characters, such as Morgan Tooker's and Ivan Dochenko. I know it's going to have an I in you. You dropped them in both halves of the question part of the matchup and i feel like timing wise i can't get anywhere but i like ike for the campaign and then i don't know that ivan dachenko is a russian author although i'm being haunted by Dutsevsky all night long can't think of anybody named ike besides turner and what's love got to do with this question how else can i get here and how many eyes are going to be in the answer, I guess, is another question. And I saved nine points for this train wreck, huh? Yeah, go figure. Mm-hmm. My judgment has shown over and over again to be spectacular. It makes me want to just vote for Kathy Ireland for some kind of public office, just so I can <laughs> tie some more of these bad answers in together. And if I had any author with Ike coming to me, I would just go that way. But I don't think Ike Turner built strong characters. And I guess that it could well be a filmmaker or something like that that wasn't a writer who had strong characters. It could be a playwright. It could be nothing to do with that time period, too. Imagine how confident I'm feeling about a confidence question. <laughs> All, right, like, All right, man. I'm going to punt and go with I like Ike Turner, even though I hashtag me to support Tina all the way. <laughs> yeah, you're not like completely barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> barking. Um, where, did I, where do I come up with the inspiration for some of these jokes? So, yeah, you are absolutely correct that the Irving Berlin uh, campaign song and the uh, slogan all has to do with I like Ike. So you were absolutely correct in the first half. Is figuring out whose strong characters were Ivan Dochenko, as seen on Eastbound and Down, and Morgan Tooker's, as seen on The Mindy Project. This is an actor. He's a comedian. I like Ike Barinholtz. Okay. I'm aware of those shows. I don't know that actor. So, okay. So it's a different way of creating characters. Indeed. That I still would have got wrong. 
Well, you, you got half of it, so I mean, feel good about that. I mean, some people uh, come up with uh, neither halves, so you know what my deal is, AJ. It's that uh, I never ever like to do nothing nice and easy. <laughs> I like to do it nice and terrible. Rough. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I so. left a good job in the city to come down here and lose this quiz. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? Uh, compared to the other rounds, you you were rolling in that one. Uh, you got twelve out of a possible twenty-four. Uh, if we add that to the nine you had coming into the round, I mean, 21 points is actually a pretty healthy score going into the confidence question, which is where we are in the game. Here's how it's going to work. This is your last chance to try and improve your final score, Dustin. Only one question will be before you. Only one answer is required. I will give you the category, and you must, must wager between one and ten points. Get it right, and I will happily, happily add it to your score. But, oh, Dustin, you know what? I'm not even going to do anything if you get it wrong because I'm just going to have you lose those precious points. You've been through enough today. <laughs> Why threaten you with something? It, it's empty threats at this point. Uh, I see how battered, bruised, and beaten you are. <laughs> You're going to freeze me in a big block of ice, ice baby, and roll me down the river. There you go. There you go. I, yeah. Okay. 21, and it, I can wager 1 to 10. You know, it's interesting. You started the show saying Typhoid Mary, and now you're ending it with Proud Mary. So it's, 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 it all comes together in the end. So uh, you gave me three choices for a confidence question. I have picked one of those three categories. And now I will ask you, Dustin, how confident are you in Tarantino films? Uh, If you'd asked me before we started this game, I'd have said I was confident in a lot of things that I am no longer confident in. I got 42 out of my last appearance, and so I'm going to swing for it all. There's nothing else I know more about Tarantino movies than what sports have goals in them. (laughs) So uh, let's go for the 10. Here we go. Very good. Good luck. Your 10-point confidence question on Tarantino films is in the passage that Jules got memorized, albeit not exactly how it appears in the Bible, what word contains the most letters? (laughs) I really, 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 really ought to be able to do that whole speech from memory. Feel free to tell everybody how I'm visibly counting on my fingers. Oh, thought I had it. Okay. I was thinking iniquity, but I've got vengeance showing up with one more letter than that. That's nice that you got a Jules Verne and a Jules Winfield question in the same game, too. Path of the Righteous Man is beset on all sides by... You'll know that my name is Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. In between there, there's something about beset on all sides by the tyranny of evil men, the... Righteous and Vengeance both have nine. What kind of I word is going to have more than nine letters in it? In the paraphrase, Ezekiel twenty-five seventeen. And I think I, I think I was about to make you actually spit something out of your mouth, laughing at talking myself out of this one because it was a plural. Uh, you're right. Iniquities. Iniquities is your answer. Who wants to hear me scream real loud with a hoarse, cold voice? <laughs> <laughs> Jules talks about the path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Well done, sir. Ten points for you. And ten letters in inequities. Thank you to my wallet with an inscription on it that says, not as bad at quizzes as you think I am. I thought thought the wallet said bad (laughs) MF-er. Well, maybe it wasn't my wallet I grabbed out of the bag, funny bunny. Okay. Well, Pumpkin, uh, after all is said and done, all that sweat, the blood, the tears, 
31 points is your final score. For, um, it's been a long and winding road, but we got here. Dustin, thank you so much for being here. Is there anything you'd like to plug, say, lament, forget about immediately, uh, self into it? Well, Andre's cool, and I'm cool with uh, getting within what, 11 of my last score. <laughs> plug. Uh, listen to all the trivia podcasts out there because I just met a lot of the hosts and a lot of the players and uh, a lovely bunch of people I've never run into except for whichever one of you gave me this by first you and I got a problem but uh, no, nah, man, this is fun I encourage people to go and uh, take a look at my art again at DustinRash.com and uh, contact me about commissions or prints or anything like that and uh, then immediately go watch the show out of your ears and try to remember me as the much smarter than this person that I really like to think that I normally am. It's all good. It's all good, Dustin. Don't feel so bad. Now get out of my hot seat and don't come back. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Thank you all for listening, and we will be back next time for another exciting episode. Yeah, I got no J-jokes for you, folks. Just show up. (laughs) (laughs) Until then, take care. (laughs) Bye-bye. Did you beat our guest? Or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. Also, please review and rate us on iTunes. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This is absolutely not the Mark Goods and Bill Pogman production. Chief Banks! Chief Banks!